All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by the Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you, Lisa. Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio, episode 58. It is not the Sebastian Baselion episode. Nice try, Tyler. Depends who you ask. It is the Jeff Petri, Petri, Petri episode. Andrew Miller, Anton Slepeshev, and Johan Motin. What oh. about Johan Ovitu? Ah, uh, I remember Johan Ovitu. Ovitu. Forward, D-man, whatever you need. Johan Ovitu is Utility there for you. Tool. Cam probably. loved that dude as well. He's probably over in France now, isn't he? Probably. Playing with? Sebastian Vassalion. Which we, we just go. learned. We Sebastian Vassalion playing for Grenoble in France. He's got six goals in 10 games. You know, I don't think that there's a podcast out there that has these kinds of facts being sprung at you within minutes. We are the official Sebastian Vassalion podcast. There you go. I want to thank our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant, as always, for making this possible. You go ahead and follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant. Very close to my heart, I need to bring up Frank versus Gus, where my man is up 5-2, whereas Gus is 1-6. You are the Edmonton Oilers to his New Jersey Devils. Kind of, yeah. So which games has Frank gotten wrong? He picked the Flyers. Oh. And he also picked the Oilers to beat Chicago. Interesting. And they should have won that game, really. Arguably. I'm back to being a believer in it because he now has picked the opposition. Yeah, Tyler, why don't you tell us about your betting schedule so far this year? No, actually, okay, yeah, <laughs> fine. I'm not scared of it. I'll dig into it. Um, I do a bet of the game on the pregame podcast, but yeah. I always try to make it a prop bet. Yeah. Um, through seven games, I'm 0-5-2. <laughs> nice. What's today's prop bet against Detroit Red Wings? Today's prop bet against the Red Wings is the Oilers to be leading after 20 minutes at plus 120. Wait, so, so you push twice? What did you push on? Leon Dreisaitl getting over three shots. Oh. He's had over three shots in every game, except for the two games oh. I've told people to bet on it. So listen to Tyler's pregame podcast if you want to know what not to bet on. That's coming up a little bit. Well, I guess by the time this is posted, that will already be up on OilersNation.com. On every game day, Tyler is going to do one of those. Presented by Yegberger. Absolutely. What's going? What Sherwood Ford got going on today? They this are month? this month. They are trying to scare away hunger. Nick and I were down to Sherwood Ford this week, and that box is not nearly full enough. So we need the nation to come on out, bring out your non-perishable food items. Uh, they're very passionate out there because the Strathcona area doesn't get service the same way that the Edmonton area does, and so uh, so Sherwood Ford is one of the biggest donation collections uh, that they have out there so if you can head out to our friends at sherwood for the giant you just you can walk in you can literally just put something in the box and walk out they won't bug you but if you want to you can also try and say hello to gus you could say hello to our friend david and drew you can check out 
all the brand new vehicles in there. I, th- I, I believe that they have a shiny new Raptor in the showroom. Get yourself Nick, a test drive. There you go. Nick, what was that? What was that new special vehicle they were showing us? Uh, GT350. Ah, the Shelby. That thing, that thing was noisy. Yeah. But yeah, scare away the hunger. Help out Sherwood Ford the Giant. Again, Spooky. go follow up with everything they're doing on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant. They are also doing our question of the day, which we are going to talk about a little bit later, which is should the Oilers, what should the Oilers give up to get Taylor Hall if they are so interested? Something like that. Right? Yeah, that is the question. It's it should the basically like should the Oilers pay the price that it'll take to get Taylor Hall? Um, to me, are we to, get to that now or nope? We're gonna oh, get to later. that later. It's a teaser. <laughs> it's called a tease. Mm, I'm just chomping at the bit to get you in. Can't, you can't answer the Sherwood Ford question yet. Formulate your takes, Tyler. We will get there because that kicked a hornet's nest on the nation yesterday. Oh boy! Anytime you mention Taylor Hall at Oilers Nation right now, it is a very divided room, if you will. But first, we got some stuff to get to. So I want to look at the week that was. The Oilers were 2-1-0 and this past week. They beat New York and Philly, lost to Chicago. I want to start with the game against Chicago, which was the first loss of the season. Dan kind of talked about it a little bit, that it was probably one that the Oilers should have won. Had a bunch of breakaways. Corey Crawford stood on his head. Sometimes you have to tip your cap. Yep. Tyler, what do you think about that loss against Chicago? Yeah, I wouldn't say that they deserve to win. Heading into that game, I kind of looked at it as, this is one you probably lose, right? Like you're at the end of that first long road trip of the year. You can understand if the legs aren't there. Um, Mike Smith played really, really good and held them in that game. And Corey Crawford was the reason the Hawks were up one nothing and not trailing 2-1. Like the goaltending was so huge in that hockey game. And then what happened down the stretch? Well, Mike Smith came out to try play a puck that he had no business coming out to try play. Chicago scores. Edmonton got their goal eventually. Like I, I was... Mike Smith delivered a frustrating performance and the whole Oilers were frustrating because there were so many stretches where they just looked bad and they they definitely were not running the way they were early in that road trip. They did at the start of the game. They came out pretty hot to start the game and then they the road trip like set, set in. I also yeah, yeah, felt exactly. like that was one of those games where they're trying to force passes through when they probably should have just been selfish and shot. I find that sometimes when the Oilers are struggling a little bit that they overpass, they try to get too fancy. And sometimes you just want to you just want to grind out a shot on goal, you know? And especially when maybe your legs aren't there and you are at the end of the road trip, like don't overcomplicate things. Just if you need to make a quick decision, your first decision should be I'm just going to throw this puck on net and not make the big mistake. Just keep it simple at that point of the at that point of the trip. They looked good at the beginning, got stopped by some goaltending, and after that I think they kind of just like held on till the end to try and get a one last push there in the third period and really didn't really work out for them. Mike Smith was frustrating though. Well, and I that, think that you're going to yeah. have a couple of those. Yes. But he's he's had a hell of a, he's had a lot of really good saves too and I think that's going to be a fair trade at the end of the day. We have to we have whenever and you it's have gonna a goal. really hard to it's going to be really hard to measure what he does when it comes to passing the puck. Like this yeah, like that the, was a bad move, but this is like the Marty Turco past kind of thing with Dallas cuz Dallas would always just the Dallas fans would be shaking their head half the season because Turco would come out to play a puck and he would make a mistake. But you you it's you have to take the good with the bad. And Smith has had some great plays where he's got the puck up and our defensemen haven't had to make that play that, that they haven't been able to in the past. So that it's I agree with you that, that that's frustrating for sure. I'm not excusing the fact that he made that mistake, but there's a goalie that, you know, has had one other game against LA where he had two massive gaffes. Yeah. And he still has the confidence to go out there and try. And you know what? Well, Maybe eight times out of 10, he plays that puck now, properly. But Brian Burke has said, and, you know, take it for what it's worth, it is Brian Burke, but they did some sort of analysis in Calgary that Mike Smith playing the puck saved like 100 hits or something that the, def- yeah, that the defenseman took. So if that's worth anything to you, then I think his ability to play the puck has some value. Yes, it's 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 feast or famine though sometimes. And you can just I can see Tyler's face right now where it's just not a fan of it. Not because a fan. through four starts, he's costed you directly three goals. But the important thing with that has though, has his puck playing helped you score three goals. Probably. Probably. Yeah, oh yeah, I would say No, so. and not a but chance. But it's also but man. it's also you gotten you the, there's just no measurables. It gets the puck out of the zone and that's important. It, it allows you to leave the play out of the zone quicker controlled than, exits. Yeah. 
Yeah. It allow it takes heat off your off your defenseman going in below the goal line. And the important thing too with Smith, and I think we've talked about it already, is that his his confidence and his his ability to bounce back is huge. He has he has those gaffes against LA and in the past seasons we lose that game twelve to two. You know what's funny though is who's really gonna benefit from that is the young kids. Because they're gonna see a guy who'll go out oh, there yeah. and make a bad mistake but still not get down on himself. Yep. And he's going to go out there and do the exact, he's going to just play the exact same game all the damn time. Whereas before we get scored on guys get down upon each other and it just kind of, it just keeps adding on, adding on, adding on. Now you see guys out there who make a mistake and he just goes back to work. I, I don't buy that at all. I just think this is a guy who the three times or two of the three times he's gotten burned have been because he's trying to do way too much and he's being over aggressive. The one goal, the Clifford goal those are the ones I'll live with, where he goes out behind the net, stops the puck, and then just sort of runs out of time, and, and they score. That's fine. The first one against L.A., he tries way too hard. He could have just passed it five he feet over. He was years out of the net, too. Yeah, yeah and he could have just passed it five feet over to Ethan Bear and gotten back into his net, and he tries to do too much. He tries to, it's, you know, it's a, he's trying to be the smartest guy in the room. And same thing with that goal against Chicago. You're having a hell of a game. You're stopping pretty much everything. What happens if Nylander just picks up that puck and comes in? Smith has the angle on him. He has a D-man coming back. And he should just be able to sit there and stop a fourth-line player. Instead, he goes, I need to try to lunge out. Oh, and then half a second later, it's in the back of the net. It's, it's, just, it's just part of the game plan now, and I think that's always what they want to do. They want to start off with Smith with the putt. When anything dumped in like that, Smith. And yeah, he's going to make some time. He's going to make some mistakes out there, and he's going to try and overplay it sometimes. But I think in the long run, we're going to have the positives are going to be way outweigh them. No, I, I think one mistake in four games, and you'd go, yeah, the positives outweigh the negatives. Three goals against in four games. You just said the second one's not his fault. You can't, then, you then can't charge two, it for two. But yeah, for two, two for big sure. mistakes in four games where yeah. they're like blatantly preventable, stupid, stupid plays. The first one, I'll throw down to communication. Like, if, I think oh, it was yeah. a bad pass because either either way, it was still like mid boards, so it was going to be a bad pass. It was never going to be on on Barry's stick. But these are the little things they're going to learn, and then come December and January when they go do the same thing, that defense is going to be exactly where he needs to be, and that puck's going to be as long as the proper pass going to be tape to tape. Our uh, goalies have not been the reason we've lost game a uh, game this year, and our goalies have been a reason that we've stayed in games that we shouldn't have, i.e., the Philly game. I want to fast forward to Wednesday's game against Philly. Dave Tippett, despite the six three win, lit the boys up in his post game press conference. He was not happy about how they played, and I kind of understand it. So we're looking at. We're talking about goaltending, and I want to focus on Miko Koskinen right now. On Wednesday, he made 49 saves, and arguably, yes, I know Connor had five points, absolutely ridiculous goal, but I would tend to argue that Koskinen might have been, well, probably was the reason that they won that game. 100%, I agree, Bagmill. In that second period, they were playing rope-a-dope, and it was driving me crazy. Yeah, the second period was an absolute nightmare to start, especially. And Koskinen just stood tall. And then, and then the Oilers' offense kind of woke up. They got a, they got a couple goals there, and it was, it was all over. But the Oilers' offense didn't even wake up. Connor McDavid was well, like, "Ah, true, yes. shit! Here we go again." I <laughs> suppose when I say Oilers' offense, <laughs> you could just say Connor McDavid. Um, but at five on five, they were outshot thirty-three sixteen. The scoring chances were thirty-one fifteen. The high danger course events were sixteen to four. Like they got absolutely caved yeah, and no, they got demolished. Like third period alone, the Willers Corsi four percentage was twenty three percent. Yeah, but what was the score on the scoreboard? I'm just saying <laughs> But you can't play like that. No, if you're no, gonna play exactly. like that, you're, you're gonna fucking lose. Like, you're playing with fire and that's why it was important that if we're, if we're what are we, six and one right now, playing like the way we've played, we're gonna go one and six in the next seven games. Miko like, Koskinen has playing. won them two games. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And uh, a little thing that I saw on Twitter from our friend Reed Wilkins is he uh, the Oilers have allowed 50-plus shots 27 times in their history. Mm-hmm. Two goaltenders have shutouts with 50-plus saves. Do you know those two goaltenders? I know Scribbles is one. Yes. And Cujo, right? Cujo. In a 0-0 zero, zero tie. 0-0 zero, zero yeah. tie. Very good, Tyler. Yes. High five yeah. to Tyler and I for nailing those. And following Reed Wilkins on Twitter. I was going to say. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, looking at the goaltending, though, the Oilers' goaltending has been solid. Right now, they have a 918 save percentage. We've talked about average goaltending on this podcast a lot. They're getting better than that right now. I don't know how long that's going to last or how long you really want to depend on your goaltenders as much as they have, but it's working right now. In today's NHL, every playoff team is like that, though, right? Like, find me the playoff team who doesn't depend on their goalies to steal them 10 to 15 year. wins a season, right? Yep. Almost every single one. So Bennington I think turned around the blue season last year. Yeah, Bennington turned around the blue season last the year. Like 
Grubauer and Varlamov basically just, if I remember correctly, just went back and forth kind of all season for Colorado, and that was good enough for them. So Mike Smith was the best Flames player in the playoffs. Yeah. It's I, just, you can point, like you said, you can point to any yeah. team and leaning on them, but as Beg Milk said, you, it, it, we've banked six wins out of seven, and now the team needs to start figuring it out. From but the the, this is the where top. these goaltenders play. Yeah. Like this is Mike Smith's just doing career numbers. And this is exactly the way Koskinen looked last year up until December. The, yeah. December, when they started to get the injuries and then he played every fucking game. So yep. this is really our goaltending. This is what we should expect from our goaltenders as long as, you know, everybody in front of them is right where they're supposed to be. And that's exactly what every fucking team does. One I problem I do have, though, is right now the Oilers are depending far too much, again, on their top scorers. I put together a list here. Right now we've got Yurko, Haas, Gronlin, Kara, Sheehan, Chieson, Archibald, and Patrick Russell all have no goals on the year. Gronlin, Sheehan, Kara, Chieson, Archibald, and Patrick Russell are all without points. So right now they are depending very heavily on the likes of Connor, Leon, James Neal, Nuge scored a fucking beauty the other day. I want to give him a shout out because that snapshot was, was wow. Don't Tyler, you wrote a little bit about this today. I want to I want to check in with you about the Oilers secondary scoring. Well, it's been non-existent, right? Like they don't have the goal at five on five. Um, I, I dug up the numbers and it's in my piece on Oilers Nation right now. But like even the individual scoring chances for and against, like the goals against aren't really a problem. But like possession wise and all that. They're, they're kind of just getting caved. And I don't want to, like, bash the bottom six too hard because they're a big reason why the penalty kill has been as good as it has been, and that has helped them win games a lot. But going throughout the season, like, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl aren't going to score at a 190-point pace and a 70-goal pace, respectively. At some point, your bottom six has to come through and help you out a bit and get, give you a game where they score two or three goals. Do and you these guys scratch tickets aren't working. Do you guys think that there are people that maybe are playing well that just haven't cashed? Like my example would be like Nugent Hopkins was getting all kinds of chances. He was hitting posts every single night. And then finally he scored against Philly. Are there guys in the bottom six that are kind of in that mix? I would say Jujar. I just from like my eye test. He, I feel that like line. I, well. I agree that line, whether, and I guess the, the third winger on that has been in and out everybody. Well, but that's what those guys, too, yeah. those guys have usually been pretty good when it comes to playing, you know, hash marks down. And then a lot of times when when Jujar has the puck down low, he can body guys off, and next thing you know, he's got the puck. he's the first guy out of the corner. He's got the puck. He hasn't had a chance. He has not had the luck of being able to pop him past the goaltender because usually he's you know he's on a pretty he's on a pretty sharp angle, but that works for him. Yep, and it hasn't gone yet this year. Ty- the Sorry. real scary part though is that other line that's not scary scoring. Tyler, you would know probably just because you wrote the article, but yeah. have have we had a consistent bottom six like two two games in a row kind of thing? Uh, I, don't, I don't know about two games in a like row. have been kind of piecemealing it together. Eh? Yeah. With like injuries and everything. Injuries, you yeah. mentioned Jujar. Yeah, like the line combos, if you mean that. Yeah. Like they have not really stayed the same. So They've been getting mixed that's... up. There's been some injuries. The in Rangers, there. the Chicago game, actually, I think they did. Because Granlin yeah, was centering both those. Um, but like you mentioned Kara, he's been on the ice for more scoring chances for than any other player in the bottom six. I don't count Yurk Cho because he was in the top six for a bit. But he's been the on, on the ice for 21 scoring chances for... He's been on the ice for more goals against than anyone else in the bottom six as well, though. So he's been a little bit yeah, kind of wild. See, I wild keep reading bad ends. things about Cher, about Jujar, and I I can't find it. Like I'm sitting here watching him, and and I'm trying to find where everyone's getting angry at him because I think he's had a pretty decent year so far. He's well, he's I, not moving well. But I think like for his thing, for like what for kind of moving to, though? He's he seems like to me he's not out there moving with a purpose. He's not out there skating with a purpose. He's just kind of like drifting along in his lane back and forth. And if he gets a chance or if he gets the puck, that's when he kind of perks up and, okay, I better shield the guy off or whatever. But I haven't overly impressed him, and he took two penalties against Chicago. I honestly, I'm surprised he hasn't been healthy scratched yet. Well, a guy that is getting healthy scratched tonight, Tyler, you will be very happy about, is Marcus Granlin is not going to be in the lineup tonight. Gaetan Haas is back in for Marcus Granlin. I tweeted out, like, Tyler, you've been, since our season launch party against New York, you've been talking about how Marcus Granlin is not a nice player right now. And I tweeted the other night that he's dry toast, and I just... What is he doing? Nothing. Like outside of he took some bad penalties, but he's done nothing. Yeah, like on a take take away the penalty side of it too. He doesn't do anything positive. He doesn't really do anything negative, I guess. Like he does plays don't die with Marcus Granlund. Plays don't get created with Marcus Granlund. He's like you said, he's dry toast. To me a guy like Gaetan Haas has an element of speed, has a little bit more offensive instincts. He he can maybe make something happen and drive the play a little bit. You don't get that at all with Marcus Granlin. Like Riley Shahan, 
there's the odd time where you'd be like, hey, Shahan made a nice play right there with the puck. Josh Archibald will get his offensive chances. Jujar Kara has the big body, the big frame that you kind of like having in your bottom six. Patrick Russell is a hell of a penalty killer. To me, Granlin's just kind of like, meh. And it, it's it's disappointing, too, because he was obviously brought in on a one-year deal, but to kind of solidify a spot in the bottom six. And so far through six games, or seven games, sorry, he hasn't really done jack shit for me. It's pretty crazy that on July 1, he's a guy who gets $1.3 million. And then you look at a guy like Riley Shahan, who I've really liked. He had to wait till like almost September to get like a $900,000 deal. It's confusing. If we're talking about bottom six guys that probably are due to score here soon, I would put Riley Shane in that mix. Yeah, he's had one individual scoring chance so far this season. Um, that's the lowest number, but I notice him more than I notice anyone else. He's effective. He is. I think he's really effective. I think that was a really strong signing. And Speak, I think we'll speaking miss. Speaking of effective, oh, I want to talk about our friends at Sherwood Ford, the Giant. They are effective in every single aspect of what they do. Of course, you can follow them on Twitter. Of course, you can follow them on Instagram. Make that happen today. A little bit later today, we're going to do Frank versus Gus round eight. We will see how the good boy battle shakes up today. Dan, what else they got going on? Uh, actually, we're going to be, we can announce it now. Uh, we'll put the link out, I think, for uh, for social soon, but just keep it in mind that uh, Oilers Nation and Sherwood Ford are going to team up this year for the Movember team. And Rick, I know you're going to be involved for sure. Rick can grow a hell of a mustache. Absolutely. You, you gotta. I don't know if I can do just the... Like I can, obviously, can I, can, I can do it, but I think I got to throw on the whole beard. When it comes to this November, I think you should get a running start if you want it. Sure, why not? As long as you're participating. Yeah, otherwise we all look 100%. relatively ridiculous. But if you know you grow with a beard for a month or something like that, now all of a sudden you can have some fun with it. I'm it's very with- hard to go from zero to whatever. But if you got like a 13, you can carve all sorts of new shit in there. Like I could see you on November 30th with a sweet handlebar. Oh, I can roll that. No problem. Absolutely. <laughs> you could. Go ahead and follow Sherwood Ford on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant follow up with all their charitable initiatives. Check them out on Instagram specifically or you are into new whips because they post some awesome shit there on the regular. Since we were talking about the bottom six scoring or lack thereof, one guy I want to mention who's on a little bit of a roll right now in Bakersfield is Kaylor Yamamoto. He's got four goals in four games. And my question for you gentlemen is, are we getting closer to seeing Kaylor called up to the big squad? The answer should be yes. It should be yes. Especially with an injury right now, you can bring the kid up on a, you know, a 10 to 14, just talk to him, go, Hey, no, you've been playing great down here. They need a little help up, up, up at the top. You're going up there for, you know, 10 days to 14 days. Let's see what you can do. You're only going to miss out on four, maybe five AHL games, right? Cause their schedule is so wide open. You could terrible. probably pick it. You could probably pick it and, and make it even less than that. But right now we're at six and one. So we have some room to play with. Let's not add in, but just by giving up losses, like some of these scratch tickets are not proving anything. There is nothing there. We're losing nothing by bringing up Yamo tomorrow, today, whatever, and getting them out there and see how it goes. If we're bringing up Yamamoto, Rick, who are you taking out of the lineup? Specifically gonna, thinking of the scratch And that's tickets. the best part of it. Cause you can put him in there, whether you on the second line or the third line and you're not plucking someone out from there. You're filtering everybody down and you filter down. Now all of a sudden you're winning on you're winning uh, lineups on the fourth line. You're winning in the third line and putting Yamo out there with two legit top six wingers in Nuge and Neil is not something we've ever done before. Whenever we have someone like Yessa, when he was out there the last year trying to play on the second line, he was towing around 27. He had to go, he was trying to make up for other people. Now Yamamoto can come out here and play with two guys, legit top six forwards and just kind of do his thing. And he's got, and he can do it quietly. And there's no real pressure on us because we're not fucking one and six. We're six and one. I We've don't, got some room to play with. I Let's don't do think it. a team, I hear what you're saying. I don't think a team with Ken Holland as the general manager, it happens right now. Because he never, never did it before because Detroit was always at the top. And I'm not saying... And that, they always... And where had, are we? We're you know, at the top. Federoff, yeah, but we don't have Fedorov. We don't have Lidstrom. We don't have... Ba- we I'm don't have all those guys. I'm not saying you're wrong. And I think... Sounds that, like it. I think that bringing him up to play in the top six is an important caveat. It's a second... The it's second well, that, it depends on what you think that fourth... Like the, the Sheehan line. Is that your fourth? Is your third? Whatever. He's going to go up there and I'm going to start him off with Neil and Nuge. And then if that doesn't work, maybe he gets on that with a Euro line and still add some off some offensive flair to those guys. He can skate with them. 
He can PK. He's got some defense in there. The, you might as well give the kid a shot right now. I just don't think four games is enough for. So you want to? So now, but we're now we're just taking a chance at losing this fucking five game over five hundred uh, cushion. You think not having Yamamoto in the lineup could cause the Oilers to go on a five game losing streak? No, but if you don't bring in offense and those guys don't don't pick up the scoring, and all of a sudden Connor doesn't score for one or two, and Leon doesn't score for one or two, which you think is going to happen anyways, right? yeah. So if those guys can't keep their big pace going and no one behind them scoring, who's scoring? Same problem as last year. Man, right? we Connor sat McDavid here. David hasn't gone longer than two games without a point since like April of 2018. So okay, we don't have to worry about that. Connor can't get everything though. Okay. The whole argument with Puglia Yarvi, and I'll bring this all together in a second, was he wasn't getting confidence. He had no confidence at the NHL level. And last year he was hurt, so we can't even use last year. Well, you can because he was playing, but um, yeah, but he couldn't. He couldn't play. He couldn't tell anybody. <laughs> he couldn't do anything out there. He couldn't lean on anybody. He couldn't play like a like. He couldn't go against somebody who's whole, who is physical. The whole point is that the Oilers are no longer rushing along prospects. Kyler Yamamoto is playing unreal right now. He's on an absolute heater. He's scoring goals. He's looking like one of the best players in Bakersfield. Why would you want to take him out of an environment? That is allowing him to succeed. Agreed. Because you're not guaranteed that it's not going to take, it's not going to uh, project into the NHL. And if for a week to ten days, I don't think you're losing that much. The way you go back, you know, in in ten days, here's you got to work on this, this, and this. Go back and keep your and keep your, and keep going. Why not just tell him to continue working on this, this, and this, and keep lighting up the American Hockey League? Because you could be giving up your five game cushion right now over five hundred. I don't think Kyler Yamamoto's presence in the locker room does anything to affect a five game heater. We are only but seven. He can, he can score though, right? We are seven games after tonight. It'll be eight games into the season. The bottom six has not played well. They are not scoring. Mm-hmm. It's only been seven, eight games. A lot of these guys project to be 10, 12 goal scorers. That means you should score once every. 10, 12 games around there. Cough, cough, Toby Reader. Well, that was going to be my point is that if we're only eight games in. I love when you guys argue, by the way. Is it, is it not fair to say that there's still a little bit of time to wait for these people, these bottom six players to start contributing? The biggest issue is not just that these guys aren't shooting, or sorry, that aren't scoring. The team as a whole isn't shooting enough. We're dead last in the league in goals or in shots per game. 24 shots, I think it is, per game. We're dead last, 31st. It's a whole team issue that... You're not going to have secondary scoring if nobody's shooting the puck. That's an issue there. So I don't think bring up Kyler Yamamoto. Are these guys going to shoot more well, all of a sudden? So no, but well, so bring up Kyler Yamamoto is going to is he going to get seven shots a game and bring up our average? If he takes shots, I mean, <laughs> maybe we should have done this before. I what, what, what was what kind of shots was I he getting when he played in the Tyler, NHL two like, years ago? What's so wrong with having a guy be in the NHL and dominate? Your NHL team can't keep scoring like this. Kyler Yamamoto is not an answer to an NHL top six. And what's the difference between playing him? Like, why if Bear can be as successful as he is, why can't Yamo be one level less than that and still be a very quality uh, second line, uh, secondary scoring? Ethan Bear is a lot older, had a lot more experience in the minor leagues. Ethan Bear had an entire season last year where he stayed in the American Hockey League. That's what we should be looking at well, with Kyler yeah, Yamamoto. He is hurt, and that's fair. I get that. Kyler Yamamoto. So, so was Kyler Yamamoto. He was just hurt for training I camp. I just said that. Yeah, I know. So let and, him he, and, and if and if he was healthy for a training camp, there's no way that uh, we can tell that he wouldn't have won a spot. I ripped the, the microphone from Nick to tell you that we are out shooting the Seattle team right now. Womp womp. <laughs> I want to. I just need to break uh, up the answer, tension a little. To answer the question, a button you want to press for that. To answer the question in Kaylor Yamamoto's NHL career right now, so far he's at one point three eight shots per game. I just I don't understand this notion that they're gonna they might lose five in a row if Kyler Yamamoto doesn't come up. There's a chance the bottom six starts scoring too. Like there's there's six and one to me. Don't touch it. You can make your little tweaks, bringing in Haas for Granlund and Nygaard here, Nygaard there. To me, Yamamoto's doing great. The NHL team's doing great. Let it just let it breathe. Let everything go. If let Yamamoto go till Christmas. If we're at Christmas and he's a goal a game in the American League, I'm with you, Rick. Let's what's call the, him what's, up? What what record for the Oilers do you start to think of it a little bit stronger than six and what if we go? What, again, I, I don't think we are going to go <laughs> zero and five. But what if it were at I, six I, and six? I don't think it, it's so much to, with record. It's just whether or not we're getting contributions that we need. Good I think, organi- the, I, I think because like we're winning and we're not getting the results we want from the bottom six. So but it's not sustainable. And although anybody, in this, I don't correct. think anyone in this no, room thinks abso- it's sustainable. You're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. But I, I don't think you can base it on a record. I don't think it has anything to do with how well the the team yeah. is in the standings. It's just how the lineup is contributing because. I mean, honestly, the looking at the schedule, we could win the next three games pretty easily. They're not good opponents. No, 
Like so, we'll, schedule so, doesn't get hard till about mid November. I think Columbus, right? We play or not Columbus? We play Washington, Washington, Washington next at, Thursday. Yeah, at the end of the month, basically, right? So until then, like we could be nine and one, and then so if you're saying, well, the record's good, but we're still not getting enough scoring. I, I don't. I just don't think record for really, the exact same reason you could bring up Biam right now and give him a lesser competition to play. I mean, against. as bad as our scoring is, we're still like third in the league in goal differential. We're plus nine in goal differential. We're behind like yeah, we have Buffalo and Pittsburgh. Or, yeah, but we have so, two guys who are on pace for like I know a billion. I, so let points. the hot streak go. Then if those two guys cool off and the bottom six still isn't scoring and it's Christmas and they're five hundred and then it's like I just isn't I don't there think more you, pressure on them then. If you're calling up, if you're calling him up to the NHL, you're calling him up because you think he's going to be a legitimate top six winger, no matter what, no matter what the pressures are or anything like that. If he comes up and doesn't score for five games and they go five and zero, or if you call him up and he doesn't score for five games and they go zero and five, I, I just don't. From a Yamamoto perspective, he's still going to be sitting there being like, "Fuck, I'm playing bad and I'm not scoring." And, well, no, this is where you talk to him though. It's like an organizational move. Like, hey, we're going to bring you up. We'll give you you know two weeks here and let's see where you're at. You obviously you were hurt for a little big chunk, big chunk last year, so we didn't get to see you. We were hurt for uh, training camp this year, so we didn't get to see you. Let's see where you're at right now, so we have a better judgment on. Everything, if when it brings into talk- trades, when it brings into, like, who we call up next or what anything. If, well, that's, if we're talking about calling somebody up to help with scoring, what about your guy, Benson? Like, see, and I, I, thought think he, I, thought he was, I thought he was supposed to be the guy that was always, like, the, the top priority to call up. I think so. No, I think, he, I think he probably is. It's between him and Yamamoto, but neither one of them got a very good opportunity with any high-caliber uh, offensive guys this year because we sent down so early because we weren't looking so hot very early, and we had to get these uh, scratch tickets and figure out who the hell I they mean, are. Josh Curry has three goals. Yeah, but I don't think Josh Curry's ever going to... Uh, like, Josh Curry might be a, uh, a quadruple-A player, though. So looking at Tyler Benson, he in four games, he has three assists. In four games, Josh Curry has the three goals, and then Keller Yamamoto has four goals and one assist. So those are your t- your leading scorers right now in Bakersfield. Well, who's your along top with, prospect? Along who's with Cooper Marodi has... Brad Malone. Uh, oh, Cooper Marodi has the three assists in four games as well. To me, Brad Malone has five assists. Good organizations don't look at a four-game heater of a player and be like, "Well, Marin, now's no better time than now to call him up." To push your point, like that's exactly what they did with Puliyarvi last year when he was went down for no, the to coach wanted for the, four the, games. the coach. We got to change the coach, and the coach is like, "I can fix this guy." But he that's was only yeah, but it's right? the same games. thing. It's bad to send a player down and up and down and up. You don't want him on the yo-yo. What no, about, but I don't. I don't think it's anywhere near the same thing because I think he's got the confidence. He's not hurt, and this isn't about coaching him. This is about giving the kid, uh, you know, a two week shot, and let's see where you're at right now. It's a, it's a, it's an organizational move, and it's something we need to, we need to know at least when we come to next year. Some of these guys have played some games, and I guess Tyler's on, you know, on board for bringing him up around Christmas or whatever. But maybe, yeah, and obviously, you know, with a, with a situation. What about a guy that has two goals and two assists and Sam Gagne? I think if he was, you probably would have kept him here anyways because he he's not fast enough. You know, he looks good down there playing against that competition. But I think at the end of the day, if, I, if I'm doing this, it's because I want to know where the player is when it comes to NHL competition. And that's Yamo. I don't really, and I love Sam, but I don't care where he is. I want to know the first guy I'm calling up is Yamamoto. And I want to know where he fits in right now. You didn't get to see him in, in, in training camp. So why not take a chance right now? You're not really losing anything. You're taking like a granlin out of the lineup. Big fucking whoop. But honestly, the Ken Holland move is to call up the Josh Curry or the Joe Garbandella. Pay, patience. Like that's that's that Detroit, though. Detroit but, is but, such a but, different fucking organization. Rick, no, I know, but we're look, we're looking at what he, he said at the start of the year that he's going to preach patience, like that he said and those he was, words. He also mentioned that he was looking at kind of Christmas as a... Yeah, he said he, he doesn't like to bring him up and put him down and stuff, but this is completely different. I don't know about that. I think honestly, I, I think there's so many people are against it because because uh, he's Herculate. a 20 year old kid who's like 150 pounds. Like I think let, you're selling him let, short now. Okay, a buck oh, now you're just taking, now you're just taking a shit on no, the I'm just, No, I'm just saying, give the guy, give the how kid. big are some of these kids out that are playing? Man, Yamamoto's smaller well, than a lot Peterson. of them. I'm just saying, give the kid time to grow. Get give the t- he ain't kid time. get no taller. Well, but he's he can fill out. He, he can, can learn he how can to get, play the pro game yeah. for a little bit longer. There's, keep him down, man. Him why down. are we Absolutely. so like? And why are we worried? This is just for uh, 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 it's a small move. I don't know why everyone shits on it. Everyone thinks it's gonna fucking ruin his career. You're literally just want to see where he fits about, in. Yes, You're saying that twenty games years. of Pulia Yarvi's hip hurting <laughs> yes. him ruined his career. <laughs> like, I never said ruin his career, but I say that ruined his, his season last year. And anybody who says wrong, anybody who who, dis, who disagrees that his injury 
uh, heard him last year is wrong. So bag milk. How about that six and one hockey team? We I'm have, super eh? into this. I, just, I can listen to you guys argue I know, all day. I, I just it's yeah, like keep them down, man. Let the thing that has killed the Oilers for the last ten years is they think the kids are the answer and they bring them up and hope that they can score twenty five goals and it's just. And I don't think we're hoping that right now. We're just I just want to see how he handles the NHL right now. And he's out of he's he's feeling it. He's very confident in his game. Let's pluck him in for a couple, and it's a it's against lesser competition, and we'll plop him back down afterwards, and we'll see where we're at. I want to give. But I don't you, think it hurts anything to bring him up. I want to give you the listener the last word on this. Would you pull up Yamamoto if this was your call? Hit us up at ON Radio Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Let us know what you think. I'm going to lose the argument. Are you with Rick, <laughs> or are you with the rest of the room? Me, I'm with our friends at SkipTheDishes.ca. Why? Because I'm hungry. Secondly, because I'm lazy. Thirdly, because I can do a tour of all the beautiful restaurants that I want all in one place without leaving my couch or putting pants on. Thanks to SkipTheDishes.ca. They are a wonderful place for nourishment. Go to SkipTheDishes.ca and pick from thousands of restaurants. However, once again, I must ask, I must beg of you. Please. Please reach out to the powers that be at Arby's and get them on skipthedishes.ca. Arby's are disappearing. They are the white rhino of delicious meat treats. We can't have them go away. We can't. Skip the dishes, I beg of you. Nick also, begs of you. I just got an email from Skip the Dishes as we're recording this podcast, and they would like me to play Monopoly at McDonald's via Skip the Dishes. Oh, we need to get a table board. We do need to get that going. Table board for the boys. Fries, coffee. We don't even have to leave. We can just get skipthedish.ca to bring it all to us. Beautiful. Beautiful. Changing gears a little bit, I want to preview tonight's game against Detroit. I'm not done yet. No, I'm, just, I'm not done with the Yamamoto yet. <laughs> we have got, as I mentioned earlier, Gaetan Haas is in. Marcus Granlin is out. Joachim Nygaard is out two to four weeks with a rib injury. Joel Pearson got banged up against Chicago. William Ladison got recalled yesterday, though, according to Jason Greger's GDB, that is up now at OilersNation.com. Ladison's not playing tonight. Brandon Manning, the goal per game scorer, remains in the lineup. And I want to touch on that a little bit before we move on to tonight's game. Did anybody else have their brain blown through their skull to see McDavid to Manning and in? McDavid does against the Flyers. McDavid does it again where he last year he had that moment that we slapped on a t-shirt and where he had three Flyers draped all over his back and he does it he goes out and he does it again where he just undresses some Flyers players and scores another beauty. The Oilers pass from Chris Russell by the way. But then but then he gets to feed Brandon Manning to go ahead of Tobias Reeder and Milan Lucic. Still blows my mind that Brandon year. Manning is an Edmonton Oilers. Do you think his uh his clavicle quivered as he Pass that puck back to Brandon Manning. I was hoping that Brandon Manning could find a way to fight himself. <laughs> I'm still mad. Right now, he's leading the Oilers in uh, expected goals for, uh, <laughs> if you look at the advanced stats. So Brandon Manning, he is the, he's the all-star the, the, the team needs. Maybe, why bring up Yamamoto? we got Brandon Manning. Throw him, him on the wing. <laughs> why not? We're for Brent Burns, although you went the other way. I can see it. Brandon Manning up on the third line. Left winger. Tyler? Um, tonight, like... Every single sign points towards the Oilers just demolishing the wings tonight, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people wings are going to be last night five one in Calgary. In their last three games, they've been outscored fifteen to four. Mm-hmm. Like they're playing terrible. They're they're at the end of a is, long road trip. So this is one of those games where I need to see that the Oilers can absolutely demolish a team that they should. If yeah. they have any moments like they did against Philly in the second period, where the opposition is running the show, that is a real bad look considering how weak the Red Wings are right now. They don't have Connor. They don't have Leon. They don't have Nuge. They don't have the heater, James Neal. This should be a route. Will it be, though? Any given Sunday, right? Yeah, and that's the other thing, too. Like, a lot of people are going to be listening to this podcast tomorrow, Sunday, Monday. Um, I really hope we don't look really dumb for sitting here being like, well, the Oilers are going to trounce the Red Wings. But, like, Edmonton, best power play in the league. Detroit, 26th. Edmonton, fifth best PK in the league. Detroit, 25th. Like, the special teams favors Edmonton. Jonathan Bernier is not that good of a goaltender. He got shelled for five in his last start out against Vancouver. Like, they should be tired. It's the end of a road trip for him. I just, to me, the Oilers should pump him. Any former Oilers, first-time NHL players, or goalies who don't usually do it but are about to stand on their head? Anybody? Well, Bernier, Bernier sucks. Sure. So, Bernier, Bernier, Bernier's due for a Vesna like a caliber 
appearance tonight. Bernier right now has an expected goals against of three and a half. So if we're setting that at the over under, hey Tyler, over under five three and a half goals on Bernier tonight. I like the over. Yeah, I do. Too. Yeah, you pump that over. Is that a no? I'm just looking. At, I'm looking at his uh, his uh, expected goals against. It's, <laughs> it's an even three point five. Our resident degenerate has headed to his oh man sports book to see. Um, While Tyler is looking at the prop. Bets. Yeah, like to go back to the special team stuff. Detroit's power play, like Tyler said, twenty six ten percent. They've scored two power play goals in seven games. But those numbers are all like they're well and good. But like I've watched the Edmonton Oilers enough to know that it's teams how, that they yeah. should demolish tend to do it to us. I've sure. seen it too many times before to get overconfident going into a game, regardless and, of how shitty the opponent is. Anthony We're talking Mantha. about the NHL here. Yeah, We're talking absolutely. about the NHL. Players don't make it to this league by winning a lotto ticket. No, Anthony Mantha has 10 points right now. So like he's he's playing well. Bertuzzi and Larkin both have seven points. So that top line is is rolling. Watch out. Like You definitely watch out for them, especially at five on five. We talked about it already. We're not playing very well at five on five. So we kind of ha- do have to rely on the special teams in this game and hope that Detroit does take some penalties. Um, they're 17th in uh, penalties they've taken this year. They've taken 23 penalties. Or they've been shorthanded 23 times, which is 17th most in the league. So there's an opportunity there to, to just have this power play, just hammer them home and just, yeah, take advantage again of a team that played Calgary the night before. Like this happened with Philadelphia. We're getting the advantage again. Um, I guess it, I didn't even realize that Jimmy Howard and Bernie are basically splitting the season. So yeah. it can't say it's their backup goalie, but they have two backup goalies. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I still kind of like Jimmy. I Howard. think it's important that like Tippett lit into the team after a game where they, you know, should have lost because of their effort, I but they didn't. Should have stuff. Well, yeah, but we he's just talked about it with goals. we talked about it with Scott and how he's goals. how he's given us the the magic beans going forward but i just think that it's i think that this team is a little bit different at least in that we're not resting on the fact that we just beat the flyers six to three which looks like a score that's pretty handily taken this but, is coming uh, down to like culture in the dressing room yeah, i absolutely. know everybody hates that word but um the water the guys the Love guys culture. in the room this has nothing to do with the coaching or anything it's about the guys in the room coming out and getting on the ice and taking it to them from the opening face off and i think with some of the new guys in here I think they, uh, I, the team just seems to be a little more, a little more prepared. Like that Chicago game, we came out guns ablaze, and we easily could have out three nothing right away in that one. You know, goaltending kind of killed us against what? Could have. I thought you should have. Those could have. Should have been. Well, they should have lost to Philly. Talking about a, uh, talking about a new guy, if you want to call him that. I want to go ahead and pump Ethan Bear's tires a little bit. The guy is unbelievable right now he's averaging 1953 through seven games he's played over 22 minutes in three of the last four games scored an absolute beauty of a goal against philly one of those kind of goals where we haven't really seen an oilers defenseman score like that he kind of moves like a forward a little bit from the back end and i really appreciate it and i want to throw this over to rick tonight because the oilers are wearing their third jerseys for the first time this season so am i and which jersey did you just get i got 74 Got Ethan Bear, 74. Ethan Bear. Ethan. Now, some dude did put on my Twitter that he's like, I heard he's changing his number soon. So Whatever, little, you have an OG Bear jersey. Yeah, now. OG That's Bear. even cooler. Yeah, well, I think they'd, they'd do it for free. I think they'd probably change, take the numbers off for free anyway. Uh, I don't think they offer it because you got it. I'm assuming you got it done at a store where they like. Where is store? Yeah, the Oilers store where they custom make it. Or was uh, it like did, on the did, shelf? He, did no, you pull no, it off there? The he, pre- he, he pressed. But I mean, yeah, it's, done, you right, can't, it's done right in the store, though. Yeah, you can't take those off. No, yeah, but, you know, no, I like the OG seventy four though. Yeah, it's just me like too. The I people like the that have, yeah, and I know off. things didn't really go the way that we had all hoped for them. But like the people that have the OG thirty nine pulley RVs, the I like those more. Yakupov. There's a couple. Of, I think Smitty Ward. Uh, yeah, right. And then I think Hork may have had a weird one too. It's sweet. Um, but back to Bear. This has been great. Like he's handling top four minutes seemingly. Like like he's a five year vet. Is the way he's playing right now. He's moving the puck well. He makes smart decisions. Like. There's the odd blunder, but every player makes the odd blunder. The thing that'd worry me a little bit is we're only seven, eight games in. What's going to happen mid-November when they're still feeding him these minutes? Like, does does can he keep this up for Patrick an extended negative. period of times? I know I'm being a little negative, but it's a legitimate concern to have. I think we've seen a growth from him even just in this first seven games where he's gone from deferring to the veterans, passing to the veterans when he had an open shot, to now just unloading that laser beam well you learn as you go right so the other veterans will be no they'll sit down and be like, okay no this blah, blah, and just talk about it but the best thing for him is that he does not have to carry his d partner like darnell 
he had to carry his D partner all the time. He didn't get a he didn't get a cleft bomb, if you will, that got to, you know, got to train him and play with him for a full year who shot on, you know, they were on their both on their proper sides. This is really, really good for him. And when he came out this year, he went out and had one hell of a summer. And according to Gregor in his article there yesterday, he figured out the proper proper way to eat and take care of his body. And now we take a look at it, and uh, this is a guy who's not going to rest on anything. He's going to keep pushing himself, and he's only going to get better. And I brought this up to uh, Wanye and, and, and Jay, and I said, I really, really hope he gets some quality points this year because I would love, and I don't expect him to get it, but I'd love to hear him in the Calder talk. That's my that's my uh, hot take of the year, that yep. Ethan Bear would be a runner-up for the Calder Trophy. Second runner-up, you had said. Second runner-up for the Calder To touch on Trophy. what Tyler said, though, as of right now, Ethan Bear is, is second on the team in five-on-five five time on ice. So if you're worried about him... Second on the team or second amongst D-men? On the team, on five-on-five. Five. So only Drysaddle's ahead of him? Darnell Nurse. What yeah. are Connor and Drysaddle? Uh, Drysaddle's third and Connor's fourth. They're both at 118 minutes. Bears at 123, Darnell's at 135. Five on, this is five on five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One question, like you brought up Drysaddle and McDavid. They're playing a ton of minutes right now. That, again, kind of points to the bottom six needing to contribute. I know Tippett didn't play those guys as much against Philly as he had in the past. Any concern from any of you guys that those two are playing way too much? Well, they did it last year. They did do it last so, year. I, I don't know. I think they're you know. special. Like, you can run a defenseman out there for however long in the game. So there's there's the part of me that just goes, why can't you run two forwards out well, there? This for that was kind the whole Tortorella thing back in like when the Lightning won the cup in 04, right? He was just running that top line of Le Cavalier St. Louis. I think Le Cavalier was playing almost 26 minutes a night back then. So, and that was unheard of when forwards used to do that. So I, I kind of agree with you though, Tyler. It's like if they can, and if they're contributing and you're winning again, not sustainable, but, yeah, why not? Do you not worried about an NBA term load management? I, I'll, I'll put it this way: Is Mc, are, do you think McDavid or Drysdale are going to get tired at any point? No, no. I, so I would be worried about Drysdale just playing so much sh- shorthanded time. Just that that I guess can lean more towards some injury if he's out there having to block shots. I hate shot. the idea of those two blocking shots. Yeah, me too. I know that's kind of like an NHL trend that everybody blocks shots, but I hate that. Yeah. So th- that would be the one concern, but Drysaddle also has, is the best penalty killer we have right now. So it's so like, what do you on the do? Yeah, what, do you, what do you do? Yeah, he has seven faceoff wins shorthand. It's like, what do you do? So I, I don't know. There's been a couple times on the PK, though, where he'll come out, win the draw, they ice, and he's right off the ice. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think Tippett, like, to me, you need to look at more than just what the hard minutes are. Like, to me, Tippett does a good job of, okay, they get a 55-second shift after a TV timeout or after a penalty kill. Like, he does a good job of making sure they're taking soft minutes. Um, and I think that's something to keep in mind as well. I want to get back to Ethan Bear really quickly because Rick brought up the interview that Jason Greger did with him at OilersNation.com. He talks a lot about his summer training and how he completely readjusted it. I just want to read really quickly. He said, I think the summertime, it's easy to just relax and enjoy the summer, but I just made sure that once the season ended, we didn't go as far as we'd like in Bakersfield, but I knew once the season ended, I needed to prepare for the season right away. Usually I would take a few weeks off and enjoy myself, hang out with family, go home, party a little bit because I don't do it during the season, but I just kind of cut that out of my life. Cutting alcohol out was a big thing. That's actually a huge thing for me. Me and my girlfriend, Lanesia, made a big commitment to push all of that aside just to keep eating clean, basically maintain consistency. And so far, consistency was huge. So I love the idea of a guy kind of growing up a little bit, despite only being 22 years old and doing what he needed to do to be a pro. I wonder how much of that, that motivation to do that in the summer was the fact that he kind of got surplant. you know, he kind of got... He got jumped by Caleb Jones on the depth chart. And the... Fucking Swedes too. I yeah. love the idea. I think of him all having, of a sudden he was like number one a couple years ago. Now he's like four or five. I love the idea of him having a chip on his shoulder, looking at a guy like Caleb Jones and being like, fuck that man. I am not getting passed on this depth chart. I am going to go out there and bust my ass and make this squad. I don't even think it's like so much of a, you know, like a fuck you to Caleb Jones no, like or anything. A friendly but competition. Yeah. Kind of and idea. it's just a, you realize because a year from now he's going to be waiver eligible, right? Mm-hmm. Him and Caleb Jones. I think both those guys should have recognized coming into the season that this is our make or break year. We have 82 games of NHL hockey to prove that we belong or else our time in Edmonton could be done. And credit to Ethan Bear for just 
kind of grabbing the bull by the horns and completely taking advantage of it. And I'm I want to give a credit to see where his year goes. 100%. Ethan Bear has been so much fun to watch. I cannot cheer for this kid enough. Just like I cannot cheer enough for the bite-sized morsels of 100% breast meat chicken coated Ooh. in Mary's seasoning and served hot, crispy, and oh so yummy. Choose Thai sauce for a kick of sweet heat topped with sesame seeds only at Mary Brown's Chicken and Taters. You gotta love Mary Brown's. You gotta love we it. We gotta get a pop in going here soon. Absolutely we do. Boys, we got about 15 minutes left on this podcast and I feel like this rumor is going to take up the bulk of the time we have left. Oh shit, here it's we go. It's a simple answer. Is it? This yep. past week... Elliot Friedman was doing his thing, obviously one of the most respected insiders that this league has. And he said, it would not surprise me at all if Edmonton is a big suitor there, meaning for Taylor Hall. I don't know if they can make a trade, if they have enough to make a deal, but it just wouldn't surprise me. Put it this way, it has long been believed that Edmonton had a chance to correct the wrong and bring him back. They would certainly be interested. There's a new GM there now, so we shall see. Yeah, I, I think sort of like the direction Friedman was kind of going was that it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. and there's interest from the Oilers side. And it just allow me to explain this for a second. If they so if they want to get Taylor, there's two there's getting him at the deadline and there's getting Taylor Hall as a free agent this summer. Getting him as a free agent this summer is interesting and almost more realistic to me. Way, when, way more realistic. Wow. If, okay, let's get to the deadline though, right? So let's say we're at the trade deadline, the Oilers are second, third in the Pacific, wherever they are. Do you think Taylor Hall is the piece that makes them a Stanley Cup contender? Possibly. Well, he instantly comes in and he makes the wing better. It's tough. Yeah, but but to is see, he the, the team's like at that on, point. Just like, can we dream for a second? Imagine a line of Connor and Leon and Taylor Hall. Unreal. You couldn't stop it. But my point is, would you still trust the defense and the goaltending enough to get you through an entire playoff run? It's fair. So to me, you're going to go to the deadline and you're going to give up a ton of assets. What are you going to give up? To me, the Mark Stone trade is a great comparable. They gave up Eric Brandstrom, a second round pick, and Oscar Lindbergh. Right now, if New Jersey called you and said, we want Evan Bouchard, your first round pick, even if they say next year, because Bouchard's not Brandstrom. Are you giving up Bouchard, no. a first no. or second round pick, no. and Jujar Kara no. for Taylor Hall? No. No, not trade. I'm not making that trade at all. So then there you go. The Oilers shouldn't be interested in Taylor Hall at the deadline. He's going to be too, he's going to be yeah. too expensive as a trade prospect. Now we come to July 1st, completely different conversation. That was where that's why I kind of stirred the con- uh, the the question to go towards the summer because I think that that's the the more real- realistic chance. But is it realistic if the guy is going to look for twelve million? Yeah, the Oilers or have something? to make moves if they want to fit him in, and they also have to try and get him to okay. Let's take a discount. Okay, so Taylor Hall, we think he's getting twelve million dollars. Eleven and a half, twelve. Eleven. So you're going to be paying. I know it's stupid to do this sometimes, but you're going to be willing to pay Taylor Hall more than Leon Drysaddle. Yeah, because if you want Taylor, like you're not going to go to Taylor Hall and be like, "Listen, I know this team's offering you twelve. I know San Jose's offering you twelve, Taylor, but we we're, we got to offer you eight because of Leon." So okay, so then that so if you sign Taylor Hall to twelve million dollars, yep. You kind of default that. Uh, I, had a, I had Hopkins him an eight gone. and a half here because I thought he was going to be getting more like uh, nine. Well, because I heard it was more like nine to ten that he was looking for. He's Panarin level. Panarin got 11 and a half. He, that guy doesn't have a heart trophy. So that means we're adding, what, $3 million here? So that means out of McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nuge, Hall, Neal, Cassian, and Jujar Kara, seven forwards, you're looking at almost $50 million. Just, Hell yeah. You, you have no <laughs> cap space because with with defensemen, <laughs> Clefbaum, Larson, Nurse, Bear... Because Bear has to get an extension too. Nurse needs a new deal. No, that's what I'm saying. But 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 Bear needs an extension for next year. And if we're looking around Nurse's numbers, he's probably like three to three and a half million, right? For Bear, especially. I don't think for Bear. Whoa, no. That's what is is that not what Nurse is making right now? And that's what Nurse got on his bridge deal. I don't think you're looking at a bridge deal for Ethan Bear after one year. I think you're looking at like the. Matt Benning show me thing where it's two years, 1.9. But if, but if he ends up being like a, a Calder candidate, then he won't be a Calder candidate. Yes, he will. Well, what are, okay. So well, what are we doing here? Okay. So then let's say, okay, let's if say he has a good year. You're signing for like two years, so, two mil. So then, okay. Okay. So then we're looking at nine, 17 million for your defenseman. Plus you have your goaltender sign over for next year too. You're probably bringing back Mike Smith. If he keeps playing well, or you're at least paying $2 million for a backup. That's six and a half million. You're, you're, you're capped out with, like, with again, no bottom, no bottom six forwards signed at all. You're at $80 million. 
There's no fucking chance we're signing Taylor Hall, guys. There's no fucking chance if he wants $12 million. And that's it's exactly what I've been saying for months now when people I, bring it up. See, and I would rather, when, when you bring up the assets it would take to trade for him, I think it would make more sense to just trade for him and go on a cup run and then let him go in the summer. But then you're giving up Bouchard yeah, for a few months know, where you're probably not. So a, when you bring it up like that, yeah, there's no chance I'm giving up Bouchard. Rick's not on mic. Rick is not on mic. None of those, none of those guys make any money, so they don't. They, they, you can't really. T- you're not giving any of their money to Taylor at that point. Yeah, like you to me, right? Bouch doesn't really get paid nothing. The draft pick gets paid nothing, and whoever the third prospect person gets looking paid at uh, Puckpedia right now, they would have to hack away. Well, yeah, you got to get rid of Chason's contract for sure, the two million, and you got to get rid of Chris Russell somehow because that's six million right there. But by the time you hit the trade deadline, if that's when you're trading for him, then with the way the cap structure works, is you you don't actually need six million dollars freed up. It's gonna be it's gonna be pro prorated, right? So it's gonna be more like. I don't know. Exactly. They would still have to take Gagne. It's, it'd be more than half. It'd be more than half. So you're like, you only need two and a half million dollars in cap space to trade for him. But if you're giving all that up to get Taylor Hall to bring onto a team that you're really adding him, you're probably going to be lucky to even get to the second or third round. I like, honestly, if we're being realistic, like, come on. Yeah, I still don't trust their goaltending and defense enough to bring him to the cup. Do unless you, someone gets stupid hot. But again, that, yeah. Do you think so. we're playing the LA Kings in the first round or something? Second round, sorry? No, the LA Kings aren't making the playoffs. Anze Kopitar is still going to have like Kopitar 70 points. Take him there. He's got eight points. He's um, having a good year. Yeah, like I, I think it's somewhat realistic in the summer. I think you can make, you can always make How, the money Tyler, work. Tyler, though, like if you're capped out and you, you have nobody signed. Yeah, 24 million bucks right now. Um, project the cap goes up two mil, which is probably a safe number. So you're at 26. Let's say Nurse costs you a hair over 20 or a hair over six. So now you're sitting at 20 million. You give Taylor Hall 12, that gives you $8 million left over to fill out the rest of your forward group and the defense. But then do you, you, you would also have to, like, this is very close to my heart, because yeah. then you would have to assume that Ryan Nugent Hopkins is gone. No, I don't think you do at all. Could, could you, could you, you re-sign him? Could you re-sign him at the end of his contract, Nuge? Because to me, yeah. you got to re-sign Nuge first, and then we can talk about bringing in Taylor. It's an interesting look. I probably need to do a whole article on it to really get my full takeout. But to me, like, like I just said, you can get Hall and Nurse in this hypothetical dream world and still have about eight, nine million dollars left over. If you get rid of Russell, then you have thirteen million dollars left over to sign. Caleb Jones could step into that role. Caleb yeah, Jones have- is a guy who plays cheap. Tyler Benson plays cheap next year. Kyler Yamamoto maybe plays cheap next year. Cooper Marodi plays cheap next so year. There's if, your third if line. If we're talking about Nurse's extension, what are you signing Nurse to? Six, and, six and a half. Yeah, exactly. Like there's just you're just looking. I'm looking at the number. I have them written right here. There's yeah. there's just no space. There's Nick no is, there's no there money. is space. Nick is aggressively like tapping his. There's, uh, n- there's just his I don't know now. what to tell you, Tyler. There's like f- if you're signing Taylor Hall to twelve million dollars for next year, you're committing at least like almost fifty million dollars to seven forwards. Mm. Unless I have these numbers wrong, Dan. And this is having Chase on off the roster. I know you <laughs> use Puckpedia.com. So I did have to be right. Okay, did. Just, I know this maybe isn't the best thing for listeners to have going on, but allow me to just go through this. Yes. There are $24 million in cap space right now. Uh, I'm just looking at next going season. into next year. Yeah, next season. Yes. The cap will go up at least two mil, right? You see, but that's bad cap management. You can't do that. You can't Why just not? assume it's going to, because it didn't go up last year when everyone thought it, it went was up like, two, didn't it go up like a buck and a half or something? It did not go up last year. No, it didn't. No, they didn't use their escalator. It, it, it's been eight, 81 and a half for two seasons in a Stare row. boys. You can't. Yes. Didn't you, use can't, the just, you can't Thank cap you. manage like that because then that's when you get crushed <laughs> and then you can't have anything. So assume it's not going up. Okay. Just then you're the signing nurse for six and a half. Right. You're signing Hall for 11 and a half. Okay, sure. He gets Panarin money. Now you're sitting with $6 million. Who do you still need to sign? Bear? You have no forwards. You you have no bottom six forwards signed. You got, those guys are signed right to one million co- one year contracts. You, you, no- you got to, like we said, you got to get rid of Russell and Chase on. Yes. So now you're back up to 12 mil. You're back up another 12 mil. Got so much space. There's just no, there's just no way it's happening. Are you look? But you're, you got to look at the goaltending too. Like who are we? Yeah, you're signing Smith a backup back? goalie for like one. You're signing Smith for like a mil and a half. He's taking less money next year. Probably he's older. <laughs> and if he doesn't want to <laughs> sign, then I go no, find no, someone no, else because I don't think Mike Smith's that good. I know you don't. I just, I, I just don't think the numbers are working the way you think you're going to because when you have all these guys signed, it, you're looking. Plus, don't forget about dead cap space, right? We got. Uh, well, that's included. In, that's included in the twenty-four million dollars in cap space. Well, okay. Yeah, I don't know if you had it included yeah. or not. But yeah. When so you have that included. You sign a goalie for two, you're down to ten. You sign Bear for two, you're down to eight. 
Your third line is the three young kids that make close to league minimum. So you're down to about five. And you're sitting with $3 million to sign your fourth line. There you go. Tyler, doing some hot math here. I, I, you I can, just, you're man, not clo- is that, the, Leafs, not- the Leafs make it work with well, Matthews, Leafs Tavares, file. Marner. Are the Leafs well, making it work, though? But are gonna, the Leafs making it work? Yeah, they're playing right now in the NHL season and are under the salary cap. But they're going to be, but they're they're gonna be super interesting next year because they only have one defenseman signed for next year. Yeah, next year they actually have a good... Like, I think they could... Honestly, I don't think the Leafs are screwed as some people make them out to be. They're super screwed. They have one defenseman signed long-term. And it's Morgan Riley. Who's their best defenseman? Yeah, right? they got the big piece signed. But, and how much money do they have this summer? Like, you can sit there and say they have one D-man signed next year but how much just, money do they this have this is just another reminder that austin matthews still isn't a point of game player in his career i just want to throw that <laughs> out there still not in fact he doesn't even have as many goals as james neal this year he's not even as good as james neal and put it, people are talking about him well, and he's Dreisel. definitely better than james i don't know neal. about that i don't know he's supposed to be a good goal scorer tyler and he's one behind james neal so <laughs> i am having fun this the episode. leafs are gonna have about 16 million dollars in cap space next summer and that is with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of their current NHL forward signs. So pretty much an entire Ooh, forward wait, sign. But no defensemen. Okay, no, but they could have fifteen have million defensemen. dollars to sign defensemen. They can go get. They can probably sign Barry for that money. No, they can't. No, no they can't. No chance. No way well, maybe that. like they could sign probably one of Barry or Muzzin. Remember and also, we don't know what what do they have coming. Who, who are their Caleb Joneses and Ethan Barrys? They Sandine. Yeah, like they, they have, they have yeah. one or two guys that can come up and for like eight fifty. They also need a goalie next year. I see. But then you're talking about seven hundred K again. I don't know why the fuck NHL we're talking about Toronto. I my point is, I just don't think teams are as screwed as you think they are. Nick, no, and like the there's ways thing. to make money. Yeah, like dude, I'd take it to cap. Take it as much as you can all the time. We already know that we have an owner here. Figure it out after that. He's willing to spend the money. Dude, right? cap space sat upstairs in the uh, in the attic there for fucking a full fucking year and didn't he do did. goddamn thing for us. Yep, got cap space. You. Cap space is stupid. Yep, we got an accordion. Spend your for fucking that, money, man. We got an accordion for that. That's still upstairs as well. Yeah, we got to do something with this. Yeah, I got to learn how to play it. Well, I thought we were trading it. Or I might just learn how to play it. Don't know fair. what you're talking about, Rick. Never, never heard of anything about a trade. I'll put my hat outside, little brick. Play you a nice tune. Oh, I like that. Right? It'd be really excellent. Get you on White Ave. Absolutely. Army and Navy by the Mad Stomper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or around? outside of Roger's place and I could be by the pale guy. Ooh, touche. Mm. Mm-hmm. He can put the beat down. Mm-hmm. I'll just play a little accordion. Oh, it's a duet. Absolutely. Sticking with rumors to close off this week's podcast. Uh, the TSN Insiders had the Carolina Hurricanes are kicking tires on Yessa Puliarvi. They have been since like the beginning, haven't they not? Yeah. At least they've been rumored in there. Obviously, it goes dead for a little while while they try and fi- everybody tries to figure out what they have and you know they kind of figure their, their own fins. bullshit out. But they love Finns. My question for you guys about Jesse Pugliarvi is: Do you think there's any chance that he's looking at the success the Oilers are having right now and feeling a little bit of FOMO, or is it so yes. far gone that he just doesn't care? I I think he cares. Uh, I think he's committed to playing in Europe for the year, and he's not. I don't think he's gonna. A month from now, I'll be like, you know what, Kenny? I'll take a deal. I'm coming back. I, I don't know if he's coming back, he but I, cares. I, he's, I don't know if he's going to come back like that, but I can guarantee you he's keeping an eye on the league. Yeah, of he's course He's keeping he an is. eye on the team. He he's wanted got to be a, on this team. Yeah, he, he wanted to I be gar- on this I, team from the, from the get-go. Yeah, I can gar- I guarantee you he, he he's keeping a, an, a bit of an eye on the team. And you know what? It's only, it's only human nature. You want what you can't have, Tyler? Story of my life, you know? Yeah. Right? Is his agent still his agent? By the end of the year. That's Probably. an interesting question. God, I hope not for his sake. That I guy just, is a mouthpiece. I still can't get over it. Like, I know the agent works for the player. I get that. But the agent's responsibility is also to help his client make the best choices possible. And I just don't know that Jesse's getting that. He's still a young kid. Yes, he's a man. But he's still a young kid. He is. I don't know that spending the year in Finland is going to help him get closer to what he's doing. Marcus I think it Lado gets him back quit. into like just his natural... Um, self-confidence uh he's leading the league he can't be any better than that i mean just, your competition is what your competition is it's just like saying a guy in junior isn't that good because he's scoring against a junior goalie not since jared has a lato caused so many issues the best jokes are the ones you have to explain i guess the joker suicide squad oh, all God. right all oh, right man i like him Okay. Was it, was it popular? Well, I just want to, uh, I guess we can wrap up this week's You're episode welcome. of Oilers Nation Radio. Around the horn, because I want everybody to make fun of us if we're wrong. Score predictions real quick for tonight's game against the Red Wings. Tyler, I will start with you. 5-1 Oilers. 5-1 Oilers. Rick? 6-2. 
6-2 Oilers, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say the Oilers are winning 4-1, and I'm going to do another Brumcast on Instagram after the game. Nick? Well, I was going to say 5-1, too, so I'll go, I'll go with that, too, Tyler. 4-3 in overtime for the Oilers. 4-3 in OT. OT. Unbelievable. I think we're due for one of those games where we just kind of, you know, we struggle a little bit. It should be, a, it should be an easy win. All your scores are, should be correct, but I'm thinking 4-3 in overtime. Be sure to tweet your hatred at the Nation Dan. There you go. And I want to go ahead and thank... that joke. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yo, what was that? Wow. I want to go ahead and thank Sherwood Ford, the giant, skipthedishes.ca, and Mary Brown's Chicken and Taters for making all of this possible, and every single one of you for listening. I want to also ask you to go ahead and subscribe. I want to ask you to tell a friend, a coworker, a cousin... Tell them about Oilers Nation Radio airing f- every single Friday. Free. It's free. It's free to do it. Download, subscribe everywhere. Free to hear us yell at each other about Taylor Hall. I and Leafs it. content. And cap space. Tyler. I love it. Let's go. I love it. And Yamo. Don't and forget about Yamo. Why does everyone always forget about Yamo? Tyler, hit the button. Shout out Damien. Best wishes. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.